today. Um, as Barrett said, my name is Muriel Lasseter Sizemore. Um, this church is very special to our family. The last time I had the opportunity to preach here, my Granny Daisy was sitting right over here, so we miss her today. Um, but it is still an honor to be with all of you and to be able to share with all of you this morning. Before I begin my sermon, I'd like to start with a word of prayer. So will you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for this day. We welcome you into this space. May our hearts and minds be open to the ways in which you desire to speak to us this morning. Bless our time together. Amen. I'd like to start off with a story written by a preacher named Jeremy Myers in order to introduce our scripture for today. The story reads as follows. Imagine a man. He is in his mid-30s. He has just started out in life. He has a beautiful wife and two adorable little children with a third one on the way. His marriage has had its ups and downs, but he and his wife always seem to work things out. He has a good job, and he owns a piece of land. He's building a nice house on it and figures that they'll be done with it in about five or six months. One day he comes home from work and shows his wife a small sore that developed on his hand from using a certain tool too much. It's not really painful, but it does keep him from working on his house that evening. He takes it easy at work for the next couple of days, but the sore just keeps getting larger and larger, but it still doesn't hurt. After a few days, however, they both get alarmed and she persuades him to go see a person in town who knows about such things. This person isn't necessarily a doctor, but he has been trained in the area of skin infections and things of that sort. This man looks at it, studies a few books he has lying around, and says, you know, it's hard to determine what this is. I have a few theories, but I want to be sure. So I need you to stay here for two weeks so I can observe this sore. So that is what they do. And for two weeks, the sore gets bigger and bigger until it almost covers his whole hand. It becomes white around the edges, it still doesn't cause much pain, but it sure looks horrible. At the end of two weeks, the man with the medical training says to the younger man, I've figured out what it is you have, and I'm sorry to inform you that you have leprosy. You're going to have to leave your wife and your children, your land, your home, your job, and go off to live with the other lepers out behind the town. Hearing this, the man is terrified. It's a death sentence. And the process of dying by leprosy is worse than dying itself. In most cases, the body of the person just rots to pieces while the person continues to live. But this is not what terrifies the man. He's not afraid of dying. He's not afraid of the process leading up to it. What he is afraid of is the complete separation and isolation that is about to begin. Although the physical ravages of leprosy are bad, the mental and emotional damage it causes is even worse. They were required to keep as far away from all healthy people as possible. 
Whenever someone drew near who did not have leprosy, the leper was supposed to shout, unclean, unclean. Lepers are never allowed to be near their loved ones again. But this man's leprosy hadn't gone very far yet. Maybe he could go home one last time. He desperately wants to tell his loved ones goodbye. He wants to tell them one last time that he loves them and that he will always be thinking of them. Let me go home and tell them goodbye, he begs. Let me give my wife one last kiss. I'm sorry, says the other man. You can never go home. You can never hold your wife in your arms again. You can never wrestle with your son again. You can never kiss your little girl goodnight again. If you see them or touch them, they may get leprosy themselves. If you love them, you will never get near them again. So the man goes off, alone, to rot and to die. He couldn't even have an animal for a companion because if he patted the head of a dog, the dog had to be killed so that it did not carry the disease back into the city. This man truly lived a horrible life. His family would come and bring him food every day, but they couldn't get close. They would leave it at a certain place on a rock, and when they withdrew, he would go pick it up and eat it. In this way, he watched his children grow up, yet he was never able to touch them. He watched his wife cry as she left the food, but he was never able to comfort her. After several years of this, he started wishing they wouldn't come anymore. It wasn't that he didn't want to see them. It was that he didn't want them to see him. He had lost an ear already and several of his fingers and toes. His face was horribly disfigured. His hair was falling out. According to Jewish law, he wore rags for clothes. His hair was to be uncovered and disheveled, and he covered his face with a cloth. He knew he looked repulsive, and he didn't want his family to remember him this way. Some days, he just wished he would die. Then one day, something happened that this man and his family would never forget. This powerful, emotional, and heartbreaking story sets the tone for our scripture this morning. The text comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 39 through 42. I believe that's page 35 in your New Testament pew Bibles. Verse 39 begins, And he, Jesus, came into all of Galilee, proclaiming in their synagogues and forcing out the demons. A leper comes to him, begging him, and kneeling and saying to him, If you should desire, you are able to cleanse me. Having been moved with pity or compassion, having stretched out his hand, he touched him and said to him, I desire, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left from him, and he was cleansed. As this passage begins in verse 39, we know that Jesus is out proclaiming in the synagogues and forcing out demons. This is during a time when Jesus is first becoming famous or well-known, and people are beginning to learn about his ability to heal others and cast out demons. 
This story where Jesus cleanses the leper signifies the beginning of a series of passages that address controversial issues that arise in Jesus' ministry. These conflicts pertain to laws regarding cleanliness in chapter 1 and accusations of blasphemy from the scribes, Jesus' association with tax collectors, and disputes regarding religious observances in chapter 2. In Mark chapter 1, verses 39 through 42, Jesus has the power to not only heal a man of leprosy, but to also break cultural norms and boundaries by physically touching a man who is considered unclean by society. In verse 41 of our passage, some versions of the Greek New Testament use a verb meaning to be moved with pity or compassion. However, other Greek manuscripts use a verb which is translated as having been made angry, provoked to anger, or irritated. These two words evoke very different emotions, and depending on which term one reads, it can make a significant difference in one's interpretation of the passage and of Jesus' identity. Scholars have debated this issue, and there's no way to know for sure which verb was used by the original author. A lot of times it's easier for us to imagine Jesus portraying the first set of emotions. We like to think of Jesus as a compassionate being. When we picture a man with leprosy approaching Jesus, it is easier to imagine Jesus being compassionate towards him, not expressing anger towards a man with such a disease like society commonly did. Society had rejected this man. Because of his disease, it was unacceptable for him to be around other humans, nonetheless to touch other humans. But I would like to challenge you by thinking about how the latter term may have possibly been used in the original text. It involves thinking of Jesus in a bit of a different way. There are some scholars who are more inclined to believe that the term meaning to make angry, promote to anger, or to irritate was used to describe Jesus' emotion and reaction in verse 41. If we insert this verb into verse 41, the beginning verses read like this. A leper comes to him, begging him and kneeling and saying to him, if you should desire, you are able to cleanse me. Having been made angry or having been provoked to anger, having stretched out his hand, he touched him and said to him, I desire, be cleansed. Now when we first read the verses this way, it seems like Jesus was made angry by the leper's approach and request to be cleansed. But we can also interpret Jesus' anger as being directed towards the disease itself, rather than the man who approached him. Jesus could have been expressing anger towards the disease and how the man was being treated because of his disease. In the ancient world, there were many rules and laws surrounding those who were considered unclean. Men and women were marginalized and shamed by society because of various diseases and sicknesses, and even ethnicities and social and cultural differences. Diseases such as leprosy would steal people's dignity and take away their value as individuals and human beings because of the stigmas that surrounded the disease. The fact that Jesus publicly healed the man, but also the way in which Jesus healed the man, 
was inconsistent with social norms surrounding uncleanliness. Jesus didn't just heal the man by speaking it into being, but rather Jesus reached out and touched the man. Jesus touched someone whom others would dare not get near. Jesus reached for a man with leprosy, whereas society pushed him away. Although we will never truly know if Jesus felt anger or compassion in verse 41, we know that Jesus felt something. In this passage, not, not only do we see inspiring evidence of the divine nature of God in flesh, but we also see inspiring evidence of Jesus' humanity. This story of healing reminds us of Jesus' divinity, divinity in his close relationship with God, but it also reminds us of the intimate details of Jesus' life on earth. Sometimes we forget that Jesus was a human who had feelings. We forget that when we experience feelings of the flesh, that Jesus experienced them too. When we weep, Jesus weeps with us. When we are angry, Jesus is angry with us. When we feel compassion towards a neighbor, Jesus feels our compassion. It is because of Jesus that we are able to experience such emotions so deeply. And yet, even though Jesus experiences these emotions alongside of us, he carries the weight of all of our burdens and emotions. Most importantly in this passage, Jesus demonstrates for us how to reach for others. He demonstrates that we are to reach for those who are considered unclean by society, those who are marginalized, those who see things differently than us, those whom society tells us to stay away from. Jesus teaches us how to love and be compassionate towards all people and to be angry at the diseases or stigmas that convince us to do otherwise. In our society, there are people whom we consider to be unclean. They may not necessarily have physical illnesses or diseases, but their situation or circumstances lead us to believe that we should stay away from them. These could be particular groups of people who believe differently than us or act in a way that we view as wrong or unacceptable. Or there may be individuals in our lives who we have deemed as hard to get along with, so we decide to avoid these people. However, it is hard to reach for people when we push them away and keep them further than an arm's length. In our scripture, the man with leprosy was pushed away from society. He was shunned because of his disease and because if he would touch someone, they would likely contract the disease as well. There were obvious physical reasons why others did not want to associate with him, but that does not mean that the man was void of love and respect. Who knows how long it had been since the man had had genuine human interaction. Who knows how long it had been since he had been touched by someone or had gotten to hug one of his loved ones. Who knows how long it had been since the man had felt like he was cared for. By stretching out his hand, reaching for the man and touching him, Jesus changed this man's life. Not only did Jesus offer him physical healing, but Jesus demonstrated his great love. 
Jesus defied social norms and broke strict cultural boundaries by touching someone whom society thought of as repulsive and disturbing. Jesus gave this man his life back. He was able to feel like a valuable human being again. By reaching for this man, Jesus was able to heal his physical wounds along with his spiritual and emotional wounds. In this way, we can learn from Jesus. We can learn how to reach for others. For the past year and a half, we've been distanced from one another. Reaching out to people has looked a lot different. But perhaps we've learned new and meaningful ways to reach out to others. Maybe not necessarily in a physical sense, but in an emotional and spiritual way. We are called to be the hands and feet of Christ in a world that is hurting and begging for healing. We are called to reach for others and to love those who feel unloved. And sometimes that means breaking the norms and boundaries that convince us to do otherwise. Lastly, Jesus also reveals a promise that we can all cling to, and that is the promise that he reaches for us. Whether we are like the man with leprosy, kneeling before him, begging for healing, or whether we are patiently waiting for his guidance, Jesus reaches for each one of us, and he reaches with outstretched arms, desiring to heal and to love us. Amen.